On this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, Gordon Wittenmeyer and I discuss the latest goings-on with the Cubs. We look ahead to Kyle Hendricks' next rehab start, and we look back on the Marlins series and get ready for the Nationals and the Marlins at Wrigley. Welcome into the Cubs Recap Podcast, the presentation of our recap channel here on YouTube and available audio only wherever you get your podcast with my partner Gordon Wittenmeyer at GW Cub on Twitter. I'm David Kaplan at the Capman on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, Gordon, let's talk about the lost weekend in Florida. I actually took some positives away from a tough weekend, losing three one run games to the Marlins. You battled, you grind, you got decent pitching Friday, Sunday, Saturday. You're in a 5-0 and 7-2 hole thanks to Caleb Killian. They didn't come up with the big hit in the big spot to tie or win it, but they grinded and lost a late one, 7-6. What was your takeaway from the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate uh, consolation prizes and, uh, you know, all that uh, happy, happy when you get swept, but uh, they had a spot start from Killian and it went poorly and they Again, they battled back. Uh, uh, look, um, Wisdom is continuing to hit home runs, right? Patrick Wisdom is, uh, tied Soriano's franchise record for April with 10 home runs. You got another great start from Justin Steele, even though that didn't turn into a win. Um, they've always had trouble playing in Miami for whatever reason, whether they're good or Miami's terrible or anything in between. Um, so it could be worse. could be worse. I mean, look where I am. I mean, this is, you could be the home team in this park. And by the way, anybody that doesn't know what team I'm talking about, that, the White Sox, they they beat the best team in baseball on Sunday. They won a game over the weekend, and they're in way worse shape than the Cubs. So in that regard, I will uh, walk away uh, on the north side of town, and, and anybody who's a fan of that team ought to feel better about where they stand coming out of April and, and even the weekend than what we saw from the White Sox, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about where the Cubs are with one full month of play in the books. I think they're better, much better offensively than people thought they might be. Starting pitching has been pretty damn good. Bullpens had a chair of hiccups. They don't have a closer. There is a guy pitching in the American League Central who I would go right now. What do you want? Bring Araldis Chapman back to Chicago. <laughs> uh, that that those two of those things you just mentioned are my biggest takeaways out of April for the Cubs. The the lineup is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I didn't um, I didn't think it was going to be terrible necessarily. I didn't think it was going to be very good. I didn't think it was going to be among the better teams in the league. It's been very consistently productive. I also thought the bullpen would be a little bit better. Bullpen has has been probably their weakness. And, and so I didn't anticipate that. So, again, if they can get that fixed, um, they should be competitive. Are they, a, are they a playoff team? Look, they're more or less what we said going into the season. And, and they got a chance to get a little more or less than that as we go forward here. Um, and, you know, not the, least, not the least indicator of which might be coming up this week, right? Kyle Hendricks got rained out from a rehab start on Tuesday – but he's, he's going to start Wednesday, weather permitting. And that's supposed to be a key one. 
You know, they want to see a lot. You know, all, all his pitches, they want to see him compete and perform. It's it's a little bit more than just um, getting his legs and his arm under him. It, this one, this one's going to matter for like whatever his next step is and how far away he is. Do you think Jed is in the market to find a closer sooner rather than later? Because if Michael Fulmer, no, thank you. Boxberger, not quite sure I feel comfortable if games really matter with him getting the ball to lock down the last three outs. Uh, I'm talking about Chapman because he's back to 100, 100, two-mile-an-hour velocity. He wanted to yep. pitch in a closer's role, so he signed for less money with Kansas City than being a setup guy on another team. And now the Cubs are better than we thought. Do you think Jed's pondering anything in the back end of the bullpen? You know, just to be doing your job and doing your due diligence, you got to be making a phone call to see what's going on over there. Um, they're going to shop him. They're, they're going to trade him. I don't think there's any doubt. And if he's pitching like this, he could be a top-of-the-market bullpen arm. And we've seen how bullpen arms have moved and what they've uh, commanded in recent trade deadline activities. And with more teams making the playoffs these days, that market could get even stronger. The bigger question is, is Kansas City ready to move on something like that this early? Uh, I think I think Cubs ought to make the phone call. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. You'd have to really overpay to make it happen right now. And I don't think Jed is, by nature, that aggressive anyway. I mean, it's still, you know, May 2nd, May, May 2nd, 3rd. You know, there's there's a long way to go before you even have to make that decision. So, uh, no, I, I don't think it's something that happens, but you might as well make the phone call and just say, Hey, look, when the time comes, keep us in mind, what are you looking for? Um, and, uh, you know, and being, being prepared for that move. In terms of looking at the everyday lineup, perfect world for you. Who's at first base is Mervis in play to be brought up sooner rather than later. Is Eric Cosmer in danger of getting released? Uh, look, if Mervis is ready, then he should be here. If he's not ready, you have to resist that temptation. So, first of all, we've just hit the first benchmark in the season for when you legitimately make evaluations. The sample size isn't that small anymore. We're a month in. A lot of teams started reevaluating. The Cubs are right there on that brink. Uh, you know, they're plus 500. And, and they were even they were five games over just several days ago. So, you know, you keep you, you you look now to what kind of moves can you make internally to make your club better? I think Jed Hoyer spoke over the weekend with the reporters who were on that trip and said Mervis is one of the one of the players in discussions. And uh, like every day they talk about him and some of the other players like Christopher Morell. So Mervis has done the job. Mervis is going to get his chance if he stays healthy and keeps this up. And now, now I think Eric Cosmer is on the clock, whether that's on the clock as in when the homestand starts in just a couple of days or whether that's on the clock a week from now, two weeks from now at the end of the month. He's, it, it's, there's not, he doesn't have any margin to work with anymore. You got a guy right there. And I do think that the way it looks right now, you could make the case that they're better off with Mervis there. Now, the problem is not you, you pull the lever on that move and you bring Mervis in, there's no going back and there's no backup to Mervis. So if it doesn't work, 
You can't just put it back the way it was. So if you think things aren't dire enough or they're okay the way they are, you probably just leave it alone for now. Okay. When you say you can't pull the plug on it, if he struggles, why can't you put Christopher Morrell at third, Patrick Wisdom over at first? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? So you would you would be going into into your well of depth to make moves like that. And actually that's not a terrible way to go, but then once you now now once you pull the lever on that move, you're fine with Wisdom over at first. Third base then potentially becomes a question if that's not working out. And you know what do you you back to Madrigal, you back to whatever because if you go back to putting Wisdom back over at, at third. Well, yeah, I guess you got Trey Mancini. So you've got, you do have a few options. Um, I don't know that the way things are going right now, and they're going pretty good, whether you rush to make that Hosmer decision. Uh, he's he's a gold glove first baseman, too. So he does some things for you, even if the bat's not showing up every day. And he's, me- and, and even that bat, and keep, keep this in mind, too, that bat's a left-handed bat. They don't have a lot of those. So if you think he's close or if you think it helps you with those around him just having that presence there then you ride it a little bit longer let me also give you another name of a closer not today but in july if the white Sox don't turn it around i'm calling about liam Hendricks. yeah okay where have i heard that before last podcast i said that yes you're right exactly correct i think that's Hendricks, I mean, a lot of it, there's going to be guys out there, I guess, unless the Royals wanted to jump right now, you probably have to let this play out. Yeah, I, a hundred percent. And again, uh, you know, the Hendricks move is interesting. Now he's not back yet. So you got to wait till he's back. You got to see what he looks like. That's going to naturally play out into June, Mm -hmm. even if you jump the market on something like that. So, uh, but this team, this in recent history, these two front offices have done that. Right. Uh, Craig Kimmel. earlier Weeks, weeks earlier than, uh, than the deadline uh, in, in recent years. So, so that's not, uh, that, that wouldn't be unheard of if something like that happened. That wouldn't be crazy. Hey, let me, uh, let me throw something at you. You were talking about the lineup. So mm-hmm. we know, we know wisdom is doing what he's doing with that power. And Ian Happ has picked up where he left off last year. And we know Bellinger is, is really playing at a high level, maybe even an all-star level this year. Those are your three leaders on that club in OPS. Who's number four? Off top of your head without looking it up, who's number four? And you said Bellinger, Wisdom, and who? Ian Happ. And Ian Happ. Who's number four? Dansby Swanson. Eh, nope. Nico Horner. Eh, nope. It's Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes. How about that? And and so, yeah, I, I mean, what has Jan Gomes brought to this? Jan Gomes was an all-star in 2018. We didn't expect him to produce offensively like he has this year. Five home runs. He had eight all last year. Uh, and he could be in line for another all-star selection if he if he's able to keep this up in addition to everything he does behind the plate for that pitching staff, which raises this question. You saw what happened over the weekend. Gets hit on the, with the backswing on that bat. He's out. Miguel Amaya is on his way to join the team. Uh, they said that Gomes was not in concussion protocol. I don't know if that's changed as of today. 
But how big a loss in your mind is that if Gomes is out for even a 10-day stretch? That is a major loss because I think he's one of the true leaders in that room. He's an outstanding defensive game caller, and he's hit the ball way better than I ever thought he would. So, yeah, I think that is definitely a blow. But it's also interesting that Miguel Amaya, who's been a top prospect for a long time and always has been hurt, is finally going to get his shot. How about that? The guy was a top 100 prospect as recently as a couple of seasons ago. He's always kind of been right there for them. Always one of their top three prospects for years. But he kept getting hurt. It was one injury, then another injury, and he had a, he had a Tommy John. Um, always right on that brink of breaking in. And now it looks like he might get that that uh, that debut. And he's been hitting the, hitting the cover off the ball uh, at, uh, at double A. So he's uh, he might, you know, I don't know if he would stick. Like, like if, if he comes in and replaces Gomes, you know, he probably goes back down when Gomes comes off the IL. But uh, this guy, if he's ready, answers a lot of the questions we had when Wilson Contreras went out the door. But that's, a, that's still a lot. I mean, a lot has to happen, right? And a lot has to play out before, before we know how much he's actually answered those questions. But that would be a massive a development for this club if uh, if he's ready and, he, and he's ready to, to stick in the big leagues and be healthy. I will tell you this. Justin Steele is the best starting pitcher in the city of Chicago, and that includes Dylan Cease. Agree or you know, disagree? I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. We could we could sit. I, I, what I would like to do is uh, meet at Harry's, uh, get get a whole bunch of beers in front of us, and, and talk for about an hour and a half on that. And I'll take, I'll take the Dylan C side, side of it uh, just, to, just to have a, a robust debate on it. But I'm not sure you're wrong. And we'll, we'll, if, if he keeps this up, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's got a 149 ERA. He's 4-0. And if you go back to just before the All-Star break last year, it's a hell of a run. Uh, you know, 13 consecutive starts where he hasn't allowed more than two earned runs. Last guy did it more often than that or, or, or more, more consecutive games than that was Jake Arrieta. And it was one more consecutive game back when he was the best pitcher on the planet. So uh, the other thing is, this is a homegrown pitcher. Dude, yeah. how long have we talked about this? <laughs> it's this about is, freaking time. I mean, this is, this is the best homegrown pitcher they've had by all looks of it than since, since what, Zambrano? Uh, that, that era. Since that era, Jim Brown, Wood, and Pryor. Yeah, I mean, and you know, Jeff Samarge is a guy that went and got a ninety million dollar contract. Maybe you throw him into there, and it's the best since then, if you want to say that. But it's been a long freaking time, no matter how you look at it. Oh, one thousand percent in the division. You know, we've talked about Milwaukee a lot. They're good. The Cardinals. How you like my shirt? Birds on the bat. Nah, boring. Thank you, yeah, Obvious yeah, Shirts. Yeah. ObviousShirts.com, promo code CAP. Get 15% off anything you want on their website. I uh, got your birds on a bet. Uh, in terms of the division race, who the hell are the Pittsburgh Pirates? Right. Like, yeah, that, they've got freaking talent, man. And unlike some teams in town, they got a $100 million ball player. <laughs> yeah, Brian Reynolds signed his $106.7 million deal. And then you have 
O'Neal Cruz, maybe their second best player, out for the year with an injury, a broken leg from the play at the plate with the White Sox. So who knows how good they'd be if they had that guy. McCutcheon's having another good year. He's kind of a rebirth at whatever he is, 35, I think. Rich Hill is on that pitching staff. And their pitching staff I don't, uh, is top three in the National League, I think. And they're, they're, they're pitching. I'm telling you, they got some they got some nice arms, some great young players, some, a lot of talent all through that roster. Can it last? I don't expect it to. Can they Can they make noise the rest of the year? I don't see why not. The Cardinals are in dead last as we tape this. Dead last. The first time since there was an NL, NL Central, right? I believe the first time since the NL Central has existed that they finished April and last. That's the greatest. I so am enjoying that. <laughs> so enjoying it's, it. Hey, you know who else is in last place? The freaking Yankees. I mean, how this is that? how weird... This is how weird baseball is the first month so far. Yeah, my partner on the radio, Jonathan Hood, said, Cap, the Yankees are in last. I said, no, you must be looking at that wrong. And he pulled it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, they are in last. How about the Baltimore Orioles rolling along? I think 18 and 9. They got one of the best records in baseball. And if if people aren't noticing it, it's only because the Rays are the best team ever in front of them. And but they're like, last I looked, I mean, they were what, 18 and nine coming out of April. They're, they're hitting, they're running the bases. They're catching everything that's hit their way. And they got a good young pitcher, Grayson Rodriguez, who has uh, made a couple of really nice starts and looks like he's getting settled as an established uh, big league starter. Man, watch out for the Orioles. Did you see the... Um... Dansby Swanson dive into second, cuts above his eye. Aramis Ramirez, sorry, buddy, would have been on the injured list for a month. <laughs> oh, cut eye. What Dansby a cheap shot. said, wait, wait, throw wait, a Band-Aid wait. on it. Let's go. And then he hit a what, home run. What kind of gratuitous cheap shot is that? Yeah, yeah, all credit to Dansby, but you're going to take a shot at Aramis Ramirez? Oh, man, that guy was softer than Charmin. Oh, Jesus Christ. He, he played however many, 100, 145, 150 games every year. He consistently led him in RBIs, up and among the team leaders in home runs. He was the one guy on, on that team who you would want at the plate with a runner in scoring position and the game on the line in the ninth. I, I don't know. People, you know, Cap, I don't understand your crowd on that that just has all these problems with that guy. I love the guy. I thought he was a great player for that team. I thought when it mattered, he was there. It's all I expect out of my guys. If they're on my team, I had no problem with him. He was a, a wonderful power hitter. He also could not play through injury and had plenty of issues. Go back and look at his numbers, man, and compare him with some of the other players nowadays. There's a reason Jed and Theo never, ever tried to extend him. Never. Yeah, because they came in. He was a free agent when they came in, and they had no effing money. They really didn't have a choice. They, so, would, they wouldn't They would assign him if he said, I'll play for free. They didn't want him back. Well, it's a moot point because they couldn't have done it if they wanted to. So I loved Dansby being a hockey player. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. 
All right, so they get, as we tape this, they get game two with the Washington Nationals on Tuesday night. They get them Wednesday. They get them Thursday. And then the Marlins roll back into town on Friday. What do you expect out of the Cubs over the next week? Well, they better take one of these next two from the Nats just to get home with that series win. Because if they don't, it'll be just an utter colossal failure of a road trip. And that's after we said we're okay with the sweep in Miami under the circumstances. But those circumstances better include a, a Nationals series win. You get home and you got to make some hay on the homestand. Now, now's the time. The schedules, Marlins aren't a terrible team, right? But they're one of the softer spots on their schedule. I mean, you've got to start. You've got to start uh, putting together some win streaks now, and, and and getting back on that streak where they had what four straight winning series or something like that. You got to follow up your what is it, fourteen and thirteen April with maybe fifteen, sixteen wins in May uh, to keep this thing going. They got a chance so, to. I love that. The, the idea that Hendricks is coming back is a huge part of that. So three more with the with the Nationals, three more, and then three with the Marlins starting Friday in the pitching matchup Friday at one twenty. Cabrera against Steele. That's a good one. Nice, nice. I like that a lot. Yeah, it'll uh, this 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 will be a fun homestand. This is the time of year or two when you might expect people to start getting a little more excited. Hopefully, the weather warms up. I mean, it's not too uh, warm out here right now, but hopefully by the end of the week, the weather's a little warmer and it starts feeling more like baseball season. Maybe the fans come out and, and this good start starts paying off with some electricity and excitement as we get in toward the summer months. Last thing, tell David Ross next time you see him, loved that he went for it in the, I believe, sixth inning on Sunday against the Marlins. He brought Nick Madrigal up as a pinch hitter. Miami changed pitchers. He took Madrigal down and went to Edwin Rios with the bases loaded. It didn't work. I love a manager not afraid like, oh, I can't burn two hitters. This is my shot. We need to score here. They didn't. I like that he was aggressive. Yeah, I, I do too. I don't I don't see him as a guy that, that uh, would hesitate to do that. Because he's got his, I mean, he's got his game plan. This is who I, I want against this pitcher. This is who I go on against that pitcher. I'll, I'll say this too: we got upset at, on the last homestand when he let Madrigal hit, and there was a there was a hitter available. Half, half was available on the bench. Um, Correct, and he had given him the day off, and the day off meant the day off. If you need a base hit, it's not a bad idea to have Madrigal up there, right against a right-hander or a left-hander. He's a contact guy. Right. He's also, he also hits base hits. <laughs> he gets a lot of base hits. All right. If you could revise your really awful take at the start of the year that the Cubs would not be over 78 and a half, 77 and a half wins, what do you have for him now having watched a month of baseball? Like, I'm not going to be one of those guys that jumps on a, a four-week bandwagon. Uh, they're right about in that range. I'm just going to stick with it. They're going to get in the 80s, Gordon. They might. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking to what I said. All right. By the way, 
I will be out of the country for a few days. Gordon, starting on Saturday, will be doing the recap of the Cubs games. I can't wait to watch those. That's a must listen. you got to be watching that one. That's it. Hey, I'm Gordon Whitmire with the recap of the Cubs win. Take that. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Hey, man, have a great rest of your day out there at Guaranteed Rate. You and the small crowd that I expect will be out there. They're mad right now. I think they're already here. Wow. Hey, have a great day. All right, you too, man. That's my guy, Gordon Wittenmeyer. Again, he'll be all over the Cubs recaps, and he'll have an interview for you on the podcast next week. I'm David Kaplan. This has been a presentation of our recap channel here on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button, and please hit the bell for notifications so you know anytime we publish. Fly the W. Take that.